Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Thank you. Yeah, so we're still in this mid-month seasonality kind of range, and uh, we have some eventful things coming up with the Fed, and uh, there's always something to talk about throughout the week. So let's see what the week has here in terms of stock odds and news. Well, why don't you start with uh, what's on the economic reports side of things here coming up? Yeah. So in terms of uh, economic reports, we've had Home Builder Index on Monday, um, building permits and housing starts on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, existing home sales. So a lot to do with housing and housing stocks for the first part of the week. Okay, stop and, right there. Stop. Uh-huh. So um, in terms of curating things from stock odds, um, if you ended up with exposure to either the home builders or things that go into home building because uh-huh. um, I saw you know on on Friday for example some of the uh, packaging which includes um, uh, cardboard and even drywall and things like that some of those uh, industries were uh, under pressure um, so when you're curating the the best approach is if there are economic reports you could choose to be in that group as long as you had one long and one short right um, because then you're sort of insulated from the directional movement and it's just about the relative performance between the two. The other option is just to remove, you know, anything to do with home builders and, and the building industry out of your list so you don't have that exposure, okay? Yeah. Carry on. And we do have two uh, specific stocks on Wednesday. KB Homes and Lennar are reporting earnings as well. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday there's something APOG. They're involved in uh glass and metal and aluminum so there's there are some building stock plays around this so i liked your your hedged idea be long and short don't take too or, or or don't have exposure is the other option i mean you don't you don't have to be involved but um you know right. just want people to you know think through the relationship between news and drivers and how that can either add to the statistical framework or it could take away yeah and the other big thing on Wednesday is uh, Chair Jerome Powell has a news conference. I think they're going to decide whether how much they're going to increase interest rates and reveal that. So that's probably going to be the biggest event. Well, I mean, we we already know what's expected on that front, right? So yeah. um, what's baked in is about 90% chance of a 0.75 just because that's been indicated to us. And I think you can look at the bond market and see that it's already factoring that in and has been for a while. The markets have been factoring that in. Um, And so there's a small chance outside of that that we have a full one percentage point um, hike, which the markets probably wouldn't be too happy with. Um, And there's a very, very small chance of uh, 50 basis points. So uh, what's dialed in in terms of the odds makers is the 75, which is a kind of a given um the surprise would be either the 50 or the uh full percentage point correct and then on thursday we have um initial jobless claims um more job job data current account deficits uh leading economic indicators so some news around that and then on friday manufacturing news s p manufacturing pmi so there are things in terms of the economy, how well it's doing, and specifically that, that Wednesday is going to be about interest rates and 
some commentary that's going to be around that. And that's probably going to be the biggest driver of the, the whole week. Might as well carry on with uh, additional earnings. Um, you mentioned yeah. the home builders on Wednesday, but what are some of the others? So Monday, we've got AutoZone. Uh, Tuesday, APOG. They're in glass and uh, aluminum in terms of building materials. Stitch Fix, that's more of a retail play. Um, Wednesday, we got General Mills, um, KB Home, Steelcase, Trip.com. And then there's things like Carnival Cruise Lines. Um, I think that was just recently. FedEx, we know, right? So there are, there are some still some earnings that are going to be out there, but nothing. I think it's really going to be around home, um, home construction and general economic strength in terms of those earnings. Alrighty. Um, what else we got here? So we can run through the um, futures right now. Uh, we're seeing the Dow Jones futures uh, up 53 or 0.17%. We've got S&P up uh, 6.5 points and that's 0.17%. NASDAQ 100 is slightly down, uh, minus 2.75 points, or just down just very slightly at 0.02%. Russell is up 3.3 uh, points at 0.18%. So of the four, um, it looks like uh, Russell's in the lead with uh, the Dow Jones and the S&P um, tied. So they're in second place tied, and then the NASDAQ is last. So remember that configuration and see if we're building on that tomorrow. It is uh, interesting to me that it feels like a bit of wait and see regarding the Fed. Um, so the next two days could, you know, could be small range days. Um, if there were going to be larger range days, it would have to come from something else that probably spooks the market. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the latest, uh, you know, Goldman um, news that said, you know, the market could fall by another 26% from where it is. Um, if that was the case, um, it might need some kind of catalyst to get it going, or it just might be a longer term thing that we, it takes time to get that far down. But <clears throat> I looked that up and, uh, calculated it and it looks like it'd be the highs from 2018 would wow. be our target, uh, to the downside. Um, so that's on the S and P 500. So uh, heading all the way down to kind of erase everything that happened uh, from post March 23rd as we rallied all the way up uh, until, you know, the beginning of this year. And that would erase uh, all of that down to um, kind of a, a halfway point in the fall of, of, of COVID where we we had reached a high in 2020 and then at the beginning of 2020 and then we fell from that. So if we uh, retrace back to the highs from 2018, that's kind of smack in the middle to two thirds of that um, move down. So we wouldn't, they're not calculating all the way down to the low of, of, of COVID March 23rd, 2020, not that far down, but still markets wouldn't be happy with uh, erasing all of this premium 
um, because we've already seen, you know, many, many stocks within the index um, that, for example, were more speculative, didn't have earnings, you know, had long range uh, targets, um, you know, in terms of when they're going to make money or whatever. Um, We've already seen those have significant um, haircuts of 50% or more, some of them even 80%. So that doesn't really bode well for um, speculators if we end up drifting down. So I think we'll have to see what happens here on Wednesday with the FOMC. Um, but um, you know, it's it's looking like the market's factoring in things, uh, and we're looking at the currency. Uh, the U.S. dollar is, you know, it has had a big move up pulled back a little bit and it's kind of kind of just sit hanging around right so some of the other uh, currencies are still under pressure like Japanese yen British pound even the Canadian dollar Australian dollar New Zealand so some of the commodity related things euro has bounced up slightly only because of raising rates uh, was on the agenda there um, but I but speaking of the eurozone you know, Really, the, the the amazing German growth that we had, you know, based over the last 20 years, um, that made possible low-cost debt for many of the member nations, um, the EU budget, and, and the central bank clearing system. And that has, you know, carried some of these unsuccessful economies along with it. And the problem is that all of the politics surrounding energy especially coming from Italy, which is really having a problem, um, uh, is making it sort of more unsustainable that, you know, the Eurozone can stay together um, like it has. And we've already seen, you know, the UK uh, with Brexit. Um, There may be other countries as well. Um, And then the ECB may be forced to do QE quantitative easing at the same time it raises rates to assist some of these struggling countries um, to uh, subsidize, you know, the energy problems. Um, So that's going to be an interesting, you know, multitasking thing where they're doing QE and raising rates because it's usually kind of the other way around, right? They do QE and lower rates. So uh, but their balance sheet is growing, so I think they're already doing some QE. Um, so that's uh, it's interesting. I mean, you, 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 we may be in the generation we see this whole what was what would you call it? Um, well, it's it's you know it's it's kind of like you know you assemble something and they're all different countries and you know very different cultures and you assemble it for some common good. Uh, I would call that an experiment, right? Uh-huh. And we may be coming to the end of this experiment. It's possible, uh-huh. right? Can you imagine? So, I mean, that that changes, you know, that puts stress on, uh, you know, banks. Some banks uh, have, you know, hold a lot of euro, uh, you know, because it's good to device, diversify in currencies as a bank too. So, um, and... You know, these, there's a lot of systemic problems that could happen from that. But anyway, um, what else do we got going on? Okay, energy. Um, I'm seeing a, a bit of an uptick here on energy 
um, this evening. We're we're uh, we're seeing it up 0.73 on West Texas crude, so that's 0.86%, almost a percentage point. Brent crude is up a little bit more at 0.93%. Um, and in the other commodity area, metals, um, gold not doing too well. Silver had had a good little few day streak, but it's kind of taking a bit of a pause here. It's up slightly 0.23%, whereas gold is down. So a little bit of a divergence going on there between gold and silver. Um, you might want to look to see if it's a reversion to the gold-silver ratio that incur occurs in the ground. I'm not sure, um, but uh, there's plenty of room for silver to shine with gold not doing anything. Uh, platinum up slightly, copper up just slightly, um, but the metal's not really showing much. And the bonds, you know, bonds are heading down, and they're down tonight uh, pre before tomorrow, again, probably factoring a little bit more of a risk of maybe the feds want to do one percentage point. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> well, how about this? Because the last couple of days in the month are probably the best for September. And they we're are generally, yeah, historically. We're already, I mean, typically the, I think the market's the, it's down like 0.19% for the month. And we're down what, 5 or 6% for the, the indices, right? Like, the Nasdaq and the Dow. Um, so we're so kind of oversold basically relative to that. If, if we come in with the 75 basis points and nothing new or unexpected there, could we see a outsized rally because we're, we're so discounted? Uh, yeah, I think I think what they're going to be leaning on is is not just the hike itself because that's already being factored in and we, we pretty much expect the 75 basis points, but it's, it's language to support a more aggressive and longer term run, you know, because some of them have already moved their targets, like some of the banks have moved their targets to more like four and a quarter, you know, yeah. um, in terms of rather than the 3.8 Fed was targeting. So I think we're going to be listening carefully to see if it's more hawkish or more dovish. And that's probably what's going to set the tone for the rest of the week, right? Now, if there is a surprise and 1% in the market really tanks, we could have, you know, a couple days down and we might get it out of our system and bounce back, right? And then also... You know, our that'd be kind of cool. Like if, if we really got discounted before the last week of the month and, and we have a positive expectation, then you have that divergence before seasonality, right? Yeah. And the other thing is um, we still have that inverted yield curve. That the two years at 387 and the 10 years at 3.45. So still quite a bit of difference there, still indicating recession or recession risk. Well, and the World Bank came out with, you know, that a couple of days back um, about the risk of a global recession. So not just, you know, US-based, but really this is a global situation. That's what's kind of been keeping a bit of a lid on oil. Um, two things keeping a lid on oil would be the strength of the US dollar and now that that's kind of a bit more sideways, um, you know, oil could could shine a little bit more, but the global recession thing also is putting pressure on it. So, um, but, you know, anything to change in that in terms of, you know, we're going to be past the worst of it sooner than you think, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen that summer rally where everybody got hopeful, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> 
And that could happen again anytime. You know, prices can be divorced from reality for a period of time. Uh-huh. They don't have to. It's not this. It's not correlation where you know everything always marches along to the exact narrative or the news or the or the macro. It can become very disconnected. But just remember yeah. that that's one of the things we look for is you know what is the expectation? What are the odds? What's the seasonality? And how diverged are we from that? Because it would be completely different, you know, to go into the end of the month where we already had a massive rally for all of the rest of the first three weeks of September. And, you know, now it says we're supposed to be up the last week. That's where people get into trouble is they don't factor in what already happened and that, wait a minute, we have a positive expectation for the last five days of the month, but we already outperformed it handsomely before we ever got there, that puts more risk into the equation. That puts less opportunity, less of an edge, okay? Very good. All right, well, uh, wish everybody a good week. I think we covered most things here, so we'll, uh, oh, let's see what else we got here. no, I just I was looking at there's a CME Fed watch tool you guys can look at, which has target rates for um, and the probabilities associated for, you know, uh, the time horizon all the way into December 2023. So it's a it's what a lot of bond uh, people look at to, um, you know, give them some direction on on their on the right sentiment, I guess. OK, let you go. Take care. Good luck. Yeah, bye.